Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. Uh, I'm here, Pastor Jeremy, with Charlotte. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Did you practice that? I'm trying to be more I personable. In the, I looked in the mirror and she I She just practiced. got back on vacation. She's like all happy. Pra- I practiced my oh. yeah, buddy. Perfect. And I'm here with Tammy. Hello. Awesome. So Charlotte is, if for those of you who don't know, she does a ton of stuff. But uh, she's our worship director at our Dover location. Uh, she's been a part of the church now a whole bunch. I just like people to know who they're talking to. We didn't just go around down the street and find people. You could have. And Charlotte is the producer, the producer. We talk about, uh, we call her the producer when we want to feel more legitimate. That's a big thing. So our producer... <laughs> Today I have our producer on the show. Yeah, it's a huge honor to be here and <laughs> hey, not thanks. just laughing in the corner. Yeah, not sitting, <laughs> sitting on the floor, no less, because we don't really have a podcast area. So she normally sits on the floor. And then I'm here with Tammy, who is our Dover admin lead. She keeps all of us in check. She yells at me. Um, yes, yes. And and <laughs> she keeps everything rolling. Uh, how are you guys? Good. I'm doing awesome. Good, feeling, feeling good. Too. Yeah, feeling how are you good. doing? I'm feeling great. I uh, I think uh, I think this week was a fun week. It was an easy week. All right, let's just talk about some Sundays aren't easy. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, some Sundays are a lot of work. Right, there's like random events, so like maybe it shouldn't be hard, but baby dedication adds some stress. Right, just because yep. it's something new. Yeah, and changes it up. Well, it changes service flow too. It changes service flow, mm-hmm. and then you got to. You got to justify in your heart sometimes like, all right, do I steal from the time we worship the Lord? This time we open the Bible together from the Lord or or where do we take that time from? Yeah. And the longer I take, <laughs> the longer services or the more we're stealing from something because someone's got to make up for it. Yeah. So that always stresses me out because I'm like, I don't want to steal from our worship time. And I don't want to steal from the message, but whenever we have these extra yeah. things, either way. It, it, it all adds up. But it's so important anyway. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, no. It's so that, that week was fine. But this week was a fun week. It was, it was yeah. simple, easy. Um, got to be on the worship team. So that was, it was good. Yeah, it's always a party. It's always a party. Um, and I loved, we're in a new series. So yes. did you guys know that in advance? Did you know before Sunday that we were hitting a new series? Yeah, I was I excited not. for this one. Me too. I've yeah. been waiting for this one because, I mean, I've, I've been a part of the planning, but I've been waiting for this one because I saw like what it was going to be about mm-hmm. and just thinking about what I know people are talking about culturally. I think this is going to be super, super impactful for people yeah. of the church, people who are going to hear about it through like conversations but it's super super relevant and i'm just stoked nice yeah i think um maybe it's not something necessarily our church is going through or people within our church are going through but it's equipping them for some good conversations with maybe Mm -hmm. some friends that were christians in the past or or people who are in the middle of deconstructing their faith yeah um and so, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about 
deconstruction first. Yeah. Um, there's a big, that's a big thing right now. It's a hot topic. People wear it like a badge of honor yeah. these days. I'm, I'm in the process of deep, uh, deconstruction. Like they, they wear it like it's their identity. Yeah. I never heard of the word. So may, it might yeah, so just. So it was all new for me to. I mean, I, yes, I know that people abandon their faith in things, but mm-hmm. I didn't know there was an actual word for it. Yeah, for, it's it's a big thing now, especially like social media. Like people who are like what they, they would call influence, they celebrate walking away from the faith, and they talk about what they're breaking down to publicly. Yeah, and it's this huge thing of just saying, "I used to believe this, but I'm now deconstructing, and I believe this." And they they just go and kind of like break down things that they used to believe in God, and now they're leaving it behind. Now, when they leave it behind, is there a celebration? Is there a group that is supporting them? No, they are them? so broken. They are. I, I, I guarantee you, you. They leave with remorse. They leave depressed, and they're like, "I guess everything I believed in life was wrong." And that's their outcome a yeah. lot of the times. Uh-huh. Is it's so like. What? There's no, that's not a good story. Why are we celebrating people deconstructing? They end so severely depressed. Um, Some people even come back to the faith are still struggling with the time they went through deconstructing. Like it's, um, I just think it's such an important conversation because it's something that's getting really celebrated in culture. And so I get, so I guess I get the heart behind it. But it's yes, done wrong. It's done wrong. And which is exactly what this week that Pastor Nate talked to. Let's talk about disassemble versus deconstruction. Yeah. Because when people talk about deconstruction, they mean it. They think they mean it like this series is supposed to be. Yeah. Let's take a topic of church and and rip it to shreds and read everything I can from the Bible about it yeah. and build it back up with this belief. Because yep. I'll I agree with the fact that we as a culture in the American church have built up some wrong oh, absolutely. systems oh, and beliefs about certain things, or we're just really bad at explaining it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never tell the next generation why we do what we do, but we do it that way. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's this process. That, so they say, all right, well, I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take tithing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip it apart. I'm going to say nothing I've been told in my childhood is true anymore. I'm going to now read the Bible and come to my own conclusion mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Um, which is really hard, which is really hard. Yeah. And I don't recommend you do yeah. that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I see when with, and this is from like a very distant view. It's just what I see like, on on media, essentially. Mm. I have not talked to anyone who has actually deconstructed. Mm, that might be n- not, not true. We'll come back to that. Um, but <laughs> um, what I see is a lot of times they take these ideas of like, I found this one error in the church. Yeah. Like, and so I had- Therefore- well, that's that's Jesus what Lord. that's where it starts. Is <laughs> like I found this one error, so I did my own research and I found out what's wrong. So then I had to just believe that everything else was wrong, and I started just taking away all mm. of all of those things that I once believed, and now I just left them. But they never get to the place of just 
okay, if this one thing was wrong, what is right about it? Or what is the truth behind it? But instead they just leave with, I was lied to. And then the lie is just what is left behind. Right. I think too, that people want to find an excuse for their sin. So if you're living in a sinful life, then you're going to try to find things in the Bible that, oh, that's not true. Or it's, um, they look at it as like, um, they'll pick apart the Bible of what they want to believe and what they don't want to believe because they don't want it to affect them Yeah, or they don't want to change. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so you go through this process where you're going to rip everything to shreds. And I, this is maybe an interesting thought, but it's a, it's a firm belief that I have. I think you can read your Bible and you can with the Bible alone, uh, understand salvation and and find your faith in Jesus. I don't think that's true with everything within the Bible. I don't think that's true. I think there's a collective knowledge that we as believers have. There's uh, there's turns of phrases that are need to be translated for us in our modern day. There's mm-hmm. context that is not in the Bible. Yeah. That that if you try and read it and just say like I'm going to build my entire faith off of only what I read in the Bible, I think that's actually pretty hard. And I think you need to borrow insight as much as you can. And I think you need to find those leaders and those teachers that you can trust that help you understand some context, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Something that I think you find in the Bible is community. There's always a leader that is going to God or there's always like someone who is leading is in communication with God, but they have people who are holding them accountable. And there's this whole, like there is this oversight and this umbrella of just like people leading other people, but also still being led themselves and going to God, but going to scripture and Mm -hmm. going to history and things that they already know. And I can speak from personal experience, knowing people in, in my immediate circle that have, called themselves Christians and could say that they know the Bible well and go to the Bible for things, but they will not let themselves be led or taught by other people. And there's no accountability for it. And their faith is so broken and so perverted from like not being able to like actually follow God and listen to other people willing to speak into their lives Mm. that if it's not found in the Bible, they get this like anger and like this almost just, I don't, yeah, just this um, bitterness Mm -hmm. towards other people. And I don't think that's what God has for us. Like, I think God wants us to be in community and share, share that faith and that love and help each other to grow. So if I've been in an experience where I walk through something that you see in the Bible and I can speak towards it personally, but Tammy hasn't gone through that yet, I can share that moment. And then if Tammy's gone through something before I have, Mm -hmm. and she's walking through something that you see in the Bible, she can then help me lead through that moment rather than me just walking through it on my own and being like, I'm going to read this passage and hopefully Mm -hmm. that's going to be enough. Right. But we're meant to be in community. We're meant to be in in that place. And I think like what you were saying, like you want leadership. Again, you have to be careful who your leaders are. You can't just go to anybody just because you have a title does not mean that like for me personally, I don't always go and say, oh, that's a pastor. I don't know if I can trust that person, yeah. you know? And it's like, I don't know if I want every, anybody speaking into my life because I don't know that, you know, I, mm-hmm. it, 
where they're coming from. There's a level if, of that, yeah. yeah. You know, and I think you have to be very careful and that's why you do have to create a community, but it has to be built on trust. Yeah. You know, and I, I think a lot of people, they have been hurt in the church, mm, you know, yeah. and they've been hurt, you know, by leadership because they, they just fall. I think sometimes, and because we are man and we are all broken, we can come across and be like, oh, I'm this person. Yeah. I'm going to speak into your life. And it's like, well, that doesn't really pertain to me, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but- I give the same prophetic word to everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to do missions. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those big, the big prophetic words. God's yeah. calling you into a new season. Oh, that's that. exciting. Yeah, that's, people like that one. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess I feel that. But I, I, I don't know. It's funny because for me... um. Saved at Restoration Church. Mm -hmm. I got saved at Restoration Church. Um, I've visited churches. I've talked to other church leaders, other pastors and all that. But really, this, this is my house, this is my home. Mm -hmm. Like, I love being here. Um, sometimes I hear stories of other leadership and I can't even imagine what's happening in those areas. But, but I know for us, like, you know, we've talked about before, like being really intentional and... Um, and I just think a lot of the times in our church culture, we we do a bad time of explaining our whys, explaining why we do certain things. And, yeah. and I don't know if you guys feel like that, but when someone gives me a rule and I don't know why it exists, I actually hate that rule. I f hyper fixate on that rule. Um, I worked for Starbucks coffee company <laughs> and they'd have rules yeah. that didn't, like I had people training me that they'd make up their own rules. I'm sure they had a good reason, but it yeah. wasn't a Starbucks rule and it was a dumb rule. <laughs> And all of a sudden I like would hyper-focus like, how am I going to break that rule? Because I don't want to follow it. And I feel like as a church, we owe that to our congregation. Um, nothing should be blind obedience. If you're demanding blind obedience, maybe you don't have anything to back it. Anyway, yeah. that's a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, yeah that's okay. But, but it's just the idea. And I, I think we'll hit on it when we get to kind of the end of Pastor Nate's message. Yep. But um, so... So we think through, Pastor Nate talked through disassembling his shed, which yeah. I, I was sad we didn't get him on the episode. I wanted to ask <laughs> what his top 10 cheapskate moves were because he took pride in his cheapskate. <laughs> we'll, we'll message him later uh, we and we'll, we'll get that list. Because um, we just need it, uh, which apparently I apologize. Last podcast, I said I was pulling up my notes to say something. Never said what I was pulling up my notes. Um, and I'm still not going to. So if you're still waiting, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it was called out to me that, hey, I re-listened to the episode because I thought I missed it. <laughs> and you never did it. I'm like, I must have given up. So I apologize. Um, I'll try not to do that this time. But uh, yeah, I wanted to get his his top 10. But um, I liked his, I liked, I loved his talking through the two differences and um, the idea of disassembly versus deconstruction, the idea of, uh, you know, I think even think about the shed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think about how people deconstruct right now. And the idea of like, man, this shed, the roof is leaking. 
I'm going to rip the door off and get a new door because that's <laughs> ugly too. And that's what I feel like yeah, deconstruction yeah. hits. Um, oh, the, the thing I, that I wanted to bring up, why why it's a big deal right now? Because mm-hmm. Tammy, you said you, you had never heard of it. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the names of the podcast because I don't think people should listen to them. But there are church, there are podcasts that are the rise and fall of blank yeah. church. Maybe you've listened to the the podcast or heard of that. I don't recommend it. Yeah. It actually will will hurt you. Yeah. It hurt me. I listened to one episode, um, and I couldn't keep listening because I could hear the bitterness about Jesus that yeah. was forming yeah. in these people's heads because their pastor was mean, mm-hmm. because their pastor said some, granted, some awful things um, and going through it. And then even more locally for us, there's been things that have gone around that are like deconstructing how we view church yeah. because this church leader did something wrong. Yeah. And it's like, man, it's just so messed up. And I really do think um, we're... We're just missing the mark so much as as a Christian nation yeah. where you look at, um, and I, maybe I'll apologize. Nate's not here to steer me any other way. <laughs> you look at the reformed faith. You look at um, the people who are deconstructing. And the key thing is like, they're still believers, but they are publicly bashing other believers. Yeah. And it's like, you can't, you can't deconstruct and go completely against the Bible at the same time. Yeah. You need to find a way mm-hmm. to work through both. Like you need to find a way that you're going to work through both. Because if you're turning against the Bible, they'll know us by our love for one another. Yeah. And you're posting on Facebook, if your church believes this, you better leave it. <laughs> Perfect. Your unsaved friends really feel the unity of Jesus right Right. now. Great job. You've accomplished, you've accomplished everything. And like this whole idea um, is just so, so dangerous. So um, anyway, any thoughts around that? Those two differences, like what that Nate talked through the, the disassembly versus. Yeah. So I think just to like kind of piggyback off of, of, off of it is like, there is this level of, it feels more, like we have to attack the church because the church has done so much wrong. And I think it's just like, ever since the church has existed, yeah, we failed as the church. And we take that as like, that is Jesus. Jesus is the church, which like we're supposed to, yes, represent him, but we're always, we're always going to fail. Like we're always going to fail as Christians. We're always going to do that. And we have to just accept that. Like none of us are going to be perfect. We were born into sin and we're still going to have our sinful ways until we get to the end of our life. And then we meet Jesus for like the first time in person. But there's like this level of like, we shouldn't be adding on to that and Mm -hmm. just like, Hey, um, our church does it best or like we do it best or like I'm a, I'm a firm believer in this one thing and I'm going to just rip apart yeah. all of these beliefs for other people. I'm just going to leave it there. It's all wrong. So if this was wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong and create more pain and hurt for yeah. more people instead of trying to heal and mend and like bring reconciliation. We're, yeah. we're just bringing more pain. I think we, we just leave that portion of like, hey, yeah, the church has hurt people before Christians have hurt people before there's just, it's gonna continue to happen. But instead of leaving it there, we should, 
We should take up that pain, recognize it and try and feel where the pain point is and heal that and let it become something that doesn't have to continue and doesn't have to continue to be hurt again. And so I think that's where the disassembly comes in is we're taking apart the pieces and laying them out so that they can be put back together in a better way and a way that is more glorifying to God in a way that is more edifying to the church so that we can all come together and continue to bring people in mm-hmm. so that it's not Yeah, not just, leading people yeah. along this yeah. path. Because I think maybe maybe you've been at a church, and I don't know if you guys have, but been at a church where you did have to work through some other pieces. But obviously for you guys, like you've, you've kept your faith within that. Um, but... But it, yeah, it's so sad to see. Yeah. Um, but there was some, oh, sorry, you had something. I was just going to say, like, I think people look at the church sometimes that that it's God because like, oh, I'm going to church. We know that we go and worship God there. We know we learn about God there, but the people in the church are still also learning to, and they're learning to, um, you know, they're broken as well and they're, they have their hurts and they're working through all those things too. And so if you're not, you have to learn how to be, your faith again in Jesus. It always has to be about God. And it's like, you know, yeah, I've been at churches where I've been hurt before, but it's like, God didn't hurt me. The people hurt me. You know, people are not perfect. And we just have to keep remembering that. And I think sometimes that we can also, like we talk about deconstruction. Are we confusing deconstruction and disassembly? Like, oh, am I... I'm just disassembling, but really am I deconstructing because of the hurt, you know? yeah. Yeah, and I think through, I was trying to find the the scripture on it. I think through, maybe for some people, it's a healthy, it's a healthy journey. Mm-hmm. They've been at a church that, well, you do this or you believe this because yeah. I said so. Right. And there are people that have been through that. But it makes me think through how we're reacting, how we're publicly reacting. Yeah. So Romans 14, 21, as better not to eat, drink or meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother and sister to fall. I think how we deconstruct is so important yeah. and and how, you know, well, really, I don't think deconstructing is, is good. I think yeah. disassembling, how we disassemble is so important yeah. because if someone's brand new to the faith and you're, you've been a Christian for a long time and yeah. you go to them and you're like, man, I just think everything's wrong. Yeah. Now, you just sent them into a spiral. Yeah. Exactly. All they knew yeah. is the basis that Jesus saved them. They're like, Everything, even that Jesus saved me yeah. is up on the line right now. Yeah. And when we're so public about like the church has it wrong yeah. and then we don't specify, yeah. like we're going to lead others astray yeah. so well. Yeah. And so, you know, don't do these things that will like, cause your brother and sister to fall. If yeah. you've been offended, don't go and tell everybody about your offense. Yeah, Because sure. people will take on your offense. Yeah. And it's, you know, especially if you've been hurt or whatever, you want, oh, I'm going to protect them. Yep. You know, and it's easy to do, especially if it's a if it's a family member that has been offended. You know, you yeah. want to protect them, or um, so uh, you have to be careful who you share your, you know, who you talk yeah. to and what yeah. you say. Absolutely. Um, let's go through a couple things. Uh, I Tammy takes good notes. She's the only one that takes good notes. That's why she. However, is they're me. written in cursive, and this little homeschooler over here can't tell what you wrote. <laughs> Uh, talking about myself. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was not uh, 
No, you write in cursive. I know. And I, I can't read your notes either. Um, now I know how to like make sure you don't know what I'm writing like, about. It's like pig Latin to little kids. It's like, code. Pastor yeah. appreciation comes around. Everything's in cursive, but right in front of it. Yeah. Everyone's talking about something I don't know about. Um, anyway, what do you? Let's go through that that list. Talk through reason why reasons why people deconstruct. Um, the first one is too many unanswered prayers. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is um, I talked a little bit about this um, during our service and I felt like yeah. God wanted us to share yeah. this piece because I realized two of our songs, um, uh, you never failed. We kept singing, you've never failed. Yeah. And I felt this feeling like, I felt the Holy Spirit being like, some people are having some trouble with that lyric because they mm. think, I have failed them. Yeah. And I just started to think through this. And then I thought through some of my friends that, and realized sometimes our unanswered prayers are because they're unanswered demands. Yeah. They're unanswered yeah. genie wishes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I talked through, then we went into the song, Make Room. And so giving it to God. And, and I do think if you're on, if your prayers are continuously not met, potentially it's time to deconstruct your prayers not your God. Yeah. Um, deconstruct how you're viewing yourself. And so my example that I had used was people will pray and they'll be like, hey, you know, my, uh, my coworker is going through a hard yeah. time right now. They have some health issues. Would you pray that the doctor finds the exact issue and that he, with his wisdom given to the Holy Spirit, could find that, yeah. pull that out <laughs> and pray for that divine healing to happen at the same time, just in that moment. And they start talking through. Yeah. It's like, why well, is your prayer request 10 minutes long? Right. Um, I remember leading someone to Jesus. And when I was talking about prayer, I said, let's pray this. Let's give everything to God. Let's give him the the financial troubles. Yeah, and they wanted me to be really specific. Yeah, pray that pray that the mechanic can fix the yeah this. Pray that, and I said, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I know you're just giving your life to Jesus right now, but we're gonna start with a little course correct here. <laughs> um, let's pray that God does it how God wants to do it. Yeah. yeah, maybe God has a better car, and you're praying that He fixes this junker, yeah. but there's a Christian yeah. that is waiting for you to get saved to give that car someone who's brand new to the faith to build yeah. their faith up. Maybe, yeah. just maybe God has this and we're praying for these specifics and they're yeah. never getting answered. God's answering all these, doing yeah. all these miracles yeah. behind us, but dang it, he's not answering my one yeah. thing. Yeah. And it becomes a demand over a prayer. I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys have ever seen that. Yeah. I'm sure you have. We've done, I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. 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 I mean- in high school, oh, please let this boy like me. Please, like, oh, I want to marry this person, right? Yeah. And it's like, I'm so thankful that God did not answer that prayer. Right. I, <laughs> I, I think yeah, even Bill. to piggyback, yeah, Bill, I think there's even, like, there's there's a line, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I think there's, there's the not boxing yourselves in. Like, you're not boxing God in. Like, you don't have to... Here, here's the parameters I'm giving you, God. This is the only way that I need you to work in my life. This yep. is the only only thing. I think there's a lot of you're not you're not giving God everything at that point. You're yep. not allowing Him to work in your life at all. You're actually just preventing Him from doing the work in your life. Yeah. But then there's the other half. I think at some points we do have to pray specifically, yes. but it's not about how God does it, but 
God, I'm going to, so say, say Tammy was praying for her husband. <laughs> She's praying for her future husband way back when she can pray for that, for that guy or whatever. And God, if you have this man for me, so be it. But if God says, no, I don't think we can be upset. I think it's just like, right. if you're praying specifically, yeah. allow him to answer the way yeah. he yeah. wants rather than just say, well, he didn't answer me. Right. Well, if he didn't give you the answer that he there's you a reason. didn't want. Yeah. You have to remember yeah. there's a reason why God doesn't answer. Right. And a hyper focus on our, de- just call them what they are. Our yeah. demands not being met yeah. um, leads us to have a faulty faith. And, mm. you know, it takes so much time to realize how God works. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, the way, if you work through like some pivotal moments in your life or pivotal mm-hmm. relationships. Let's yeah. think about pivotal relationships. Um, and you really start to think about it. So that I think here's what I would do with with disassembling over deconstruction yeah. within my prayer life. Start to think about some really huge blessings in your life. Yeah. And start to think about every moment that led to that blessing yeah. happening and realize how much God orchestrates in yeah. your life. Like realize how much God needed you to go to that one thing on a Saturday to meet that one friend who told you about this person who did all this. And it's like, man, if that had not happened, would I even be here? Would I even be a Christian? Something I recommend to people, I try to do this. It's not the most consistent, but my, my devotionals in the morning consist of three things. I write an impactful piece of scripture that I read. Then I write the like the main thing that I received from it. And then I write a prayer, like no matter how simple it is, it could be like, I'm just going to pray for this one simple thing. And then at the end of the year, I go through and I read it again. Yeah. And oh, my wow. prayers normally, like they show themselves up multiple times. Like mm-hmm. if I'm praying for one thing through a whole month, that prayer is going to keep coming up that morning, yep. but I'll pray for different things depending on whatever. And I will mark where God answered what specific prayers yeah, or what that's, prayers. That's so cool. Yeah. But like the thing that helped me was like, sometimes you don't feel like God's moving. If I don't write in my journal in the morning, mm-hmm. because I just didn't have the time or I didn't have it. If I was traveling for whatever reason I'm, I'd left it. I feel like God's not moving in my life because I'm not going back and I'm not looking at what he's actually doing and how he's actually answering those prayers because it's not looking the way that my brain thinks. Exactly, yeah. But I think if we approach our prayer life as like, not a, a transactional thing yeah. where it's like, hey God, my prayer is this is the currency and how you bless me is is the thing that I'm trying to purchase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we approach it more of of a conversation. Mm. We have to go back and like go through mm-hmm. what what God's yeah. speaking to us and what he's doing. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I always want to do that. But one, I'm not a paper note taker. I don't I I have uh, a fantasy of being one. Oh man. On a leather-bound notebook, <laughs> it's with it's torture. Handwriting and all this stuff. I'm not so. I'm obsessed with Notion. I have a Notion for every area of my life, um, and even that sometimes I overdo it and I forget that I started a prayer Notion page. True story. Um, How many prayer notions do you have going? I mean, <laughs> it's it's like my um, notebooks. If you saw my stationery, yeah, I you guess too would cry. Good. I just want to know that you're as messed up as I am. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> just kidding. no too. What, what what do we got for the next one, yeah, Tammy? Great, What's though. the next? Um, too many unanswered questions. Which I feel like that's kind of like with the prayers a little bit because we always go to God and sometimes God doesn't answer those questions right away. Yeah. 
you know, because I think, feel like God wants us to walk through things and yeah. show, he reveals himself so many different ways to us. It's not yeah. always the same way. Yep. And I just, you know, and God knows how to reveal himself to mm. each of us individually yep. because we're all different. Yeah. And the same way that he answers prayers, he answers them differently for, because we are different. Mm. Yeah. So is this a fine format that I can just give my opinion on the each one? Is this like, we're just going to go through it. And we'll be we'll, like, we'll All right, if this, is, if this is your thought, this is my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how we're going right now. But every time you say it, I'm like, oh, I have a thing. So it's this isn't a, either way, if you're listening to this, this isn't a Jeremy panel. Like I'm, I, I don't I feel like it's a panel. Talk. If I'm cool. looking at the waveforms, this is a good conversation. Okay, cool, okay. cool, 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 cool. Um, Talking as the producer. Perfect. Producer hat on. Um, to me, I answered questions. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for that, I think. Um, the Bible is a very specific book written for a very specific reason. And I've seen people go against the faith. Uh, oh yeah, Jesus teaches us how uh, not to sin, never tells us that boiling water makes it good for drinking. Right? And so they're like, well, Jesus didn't provide a practical answer. So this whole book is trash. That's a real argument. I've read that argument. I've watched Facebook comments go back and forth about that argument. Oh, wow. I don't engage with those things. There's no way to win those people. No, they've already not said that. Not over comments. There's no way to win those people over in comments on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I just want to make sure they I didn't just, just say, heard. there's no way those people can see. That's not true. But um, there's this teaching that I heard that I think should help people if they're struggling through this. Uh, if it's not plain, it's not main. If it's not in plain sight, it is not the point of the story. Mm-hmm. If it's not right there in the open, it's not why it was written. I don't know if people know this and maybe some Christians will be like, take that back. Um, <laughs> the Bible was not written to explain to us how earth was created. It was not written to explain to us how earth was created. It was to let us know that someone created it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we start to turn to the Bible for questions, for answers that, the Bible has never been written to to answer. We're going to turn up with a lot of messed up questions, or messed yeah. up unanswered questions. And so the biggest fight I feel like within Christianity can be Genesis. Yeah. Well, we think this might be how it's made. No, God spoke. <laughs> so how it happened. No, you're misunderstanding. They're letting you know that it's because of God holding us together. Yep. Creation mm-hmm. happened. Creation happened. And we're trying to answer the wrong questions with a book that is not meant to answer that. And I think that's a big thing that people will take just, well, I have this question and I've had that conversation. I'm like, you're asking the wrong questions. Yeah, You're asking questions you're not going to find out (laughs) until you get to heaven (laughs) because God doesn't want you to know that. Mm -hmm. God wants you to know about him Yeah, and his love for you and his, and the way he rules not how, yeah, you know, whatever. Insert yeah. insert your unanswered question here. If you've been searching for this long and you still have unanswered questions, I think you're asking the wrong questions. That doesn't mean drop it, but try and try and get a good foundation to where you could start to see those things, yeah, and let go of them. So anyway, that's that's my soapbox. Well, sometimes you'll ask the question and God has answered it. It's just not what you wanted to hear. Oh yeah, that's true. That too. That true. I just said. Perfect. It must be some type of slang that the kids oh, yeah, are saying that true. these you days. You true. You true. 
Is All right. It? Yeah. <laughs> what's, Number uh, three. What's <laughs> Let down by church leaders. Leadership. So the last, the last two were kind of yeah. were kind of connected to his ending points, right? Yeah, and then the fourth one was seeing church behavior abuse, power abuse, money yeah. abuse, immorality, and cover ups. Yeah, which I I think he covered very well. Pastor yeah. covered yeah. very well. Putting uh, he got uh, uh, a little little almost an so in Dover standing yeah. ovation. <laughs> People were so excited. excited. Yeah, um, and I've heard from the other locations even through the projector, they were like, that's good. <laughs> like there was like, he had some good, no, yeah. some good points. Good. Um, I will speak to these two personally. Yeah, yeah, do it. I did not grow up AG and I did not grow up at restoration church. These, these two points in high school, I was questioning my faith mm. because I grew up in a church that was very legalistic. I grew up in a church that was very like, Closed doors, no new people could come in. If you didn't fit in with the club, like end of story. Same sermons were preached every week. They were very much like, uh, they barely like touched the surface of what the Bible was talking about. They they talked about Jesus, but it was in a way that was only applicable to whatever. And um, I also had a lot of uh, relationships with 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 people who were abusive and power in, in the pulpit situation. So there was a lot of just manipulating the gospel to fit their needs, manipulating um, what was said to, to do whatever. And there was just a lot of just, he said, she said, pointing fingers, like they're wrong, she's wrong, he's wrong, like that's wrong. You can't do that because I say this, so on and so forth. And I grew up in an environment that was very, um, very painful for faith. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up in an environment that was encouraging mm-hmm. in any any circumstance. Yeah. And that was very hard for me when I tried to continue in my walk with God because I knew he was very real. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had, I had a personal encounter with him on a mission trip when I was 13 and I just knew he was real, mm-hmm. but everything came crumbling down in that moment because everything that I knew about the church was just thrown up in arms. Yeah, Like no, yeah. I never knew about the Holy Spirit. And when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and didn't know what it was, it was confusing and it was hard because everyone told me I was wrong. Yeah. And everyone told me that I was not, I, I was just, that's not the gospel. That's not, that's not what Jesus has for you. Yeah. So I walked a very long, painful road of knowing how real Jesus was and how real like his story was. And had no one to talk about it with and no one to encourage me in faith. Mm. So then when I started coming to restoration and everything that I knew was true was finally affirmed, I was very initially apprehensive of the church. I was apprehensive of what was going on and I was still apprehensive in my faith because I didn't know what to believe and how to walk it out because I had never been taught. Mm. So I just, I feel like these last two, your personal encounter with what God is doing in your life is very important and you need to you need to know that if God has spoken to you and if Jesus has made a move in your life and you believe in who he is let that be the point that drives you to continue in your faith mm. because from personal experience that can go a long way yeah. but if you leave that behind for what you are experiencing around you it hurts a lot more absolutely so yeah wow that's good uh, Tammy, have you ever worked through 
Anything similar to that? Who are their names? Where do they live? <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think like um, <laughs> being in a church, you know, you're always going to have hurts. Yeah. You're always going to have hurts, whether you feel offended or where you, you probably offended somebody else, you know, mm. just by the things you, you have said. Um, but I think that you just have to continue to focus on God, yeah. your relationship. That's what's more important. You know, like Pastor Nate said, take your eyes off of man and keep it on Jesus. It's so true. Yeah, It's so true because that's what's going to, you know, man doesn't save you. Jesus right. saves you. Yeah. You know, Jesus loves you unconditionally. Man doesn't. Yeah. Man will pick out every fault that you have and throw it in your face. Yep. You know, it's, it's almost like we're a completely broken people that God's been trying to right. redeem. Wow. <laughs> well, but we like, are, we're, we're, we're just all a bunch just, of messed up. We are. Yeah. We yeah. all have our own background. We all have yeah. our own messes, but that one commonality is Jesus. And yeah. that's what we have to just remember. I think that comes down to like a really bad belief system too within mm -hmm. I think even pastors believe this and mm -hmm. they shouldn't, that we're the role models, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, um, oh, if you're doing it like me, you're going to be great. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, that's not like, that's not the point. Like I, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to dedicate my time to learning for myself yeah. in hopes I can help other people move forward too. Right. But I, I hope in, I'm not someone's role model yeah. to where if I fail they're like well i'm doomed then yeah. this one person like like no i'm i'm just trying as well i don't know if you've ever seen that meme where it's like uh uh it's like this almost like a uh, really crummy sketch drawing yep and it says paul imitating jesus and then there's a stick figure of the same drawing. It says <laughs> me trying to imitate paul as he follows jesus like yeah. this whole idea of like i am so much worse at this than he was um and all these things um but like so personal story for me it wasn't it wasn't with myself and and i'd tell this story to him if he ever did listen to the podcast too but with my dad within mm -hmm. his faith um he was part of a church um uh, he actually had almost the same type of life as me so really heavily involved did a lot of the music stuff worked for a church for a long time he was let down by those pastors mm -hmm. and it wrecked his faith. In fact, he doesn't even talk about the spiritual aspect. It's the people yeah. that are that are ruined, that, that ruin it for yeah. him. Mm -hmm. um, he went to them with something he was struggling with. They fired him on the spot, they yeah. fired him. Um, they, had, they would have meetings where they would tell him what a terrible father he was because we wrote on the walls in the kids room. Wow. In the kids' room, we picked up crayons from the kids' room and wrote on the wrong How, surface. That's that's outrageous. And they, and they, yeah, and they ridiculed him for it. Wow. And yeah. then he asked for help in something he was struggling with, and they fired him. Wow. Sad. And uh, there is almost no way to talk about Jesus because he's been wronged so much, and I do believe he was wronged. Like yeah. that, that was treated badly. Um. Those and those men should have realized that they, his soul was most important. Yeah, right. His soul was most important, and and so I do see that area of like that that will mess a person up. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing I love about our church is Pastor Nate never claims he's the role model for us mm -hmm. to follow. Yeah. In fact, he gives really I think great examples of like here's what I'm still working on right now yeah. and keep yeah. preaching. Um, and I think he models that for all of us. 
Um, but I know like, you know, there's things I've learned in my life where if for some reason, somehow Pastor Nate went off the rails, which I don't yeah. think he ever would, <laughs> there are still some core teachings from him that mm-hmm. I would never want to throw away. Yeah. That I would never want to lose because these they are still so well biblically based. And uh, I don't know. I just think that's an important piece for, yeah. for, for people. But I, so I've seen that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I still, I still work through that. Um, wanting him to know Jesus, wanting people to know Jesus and not the people who represented him so badly. That's our primary focus though. Like we are supposed to point toward Jesus. We're supposed to be the ones following Jesus. So I think that's evident in like, so you're my pastor, Jeremy. Okay. Um, What? Yep. Wow. Crazy. Outrageous. (laughs) Um, Who could have guessed? Um, (laughs) But you're helping me look to Jesus. You're not mm-hmm. helping me look to you. Right. Like you're going to give me advice and pointers and, and so on and so forth. And then you're going to point me to Jesus Yeah. and your life is going to reflect that. And you're doing the same by following pastor Nate. You're right. doing the yeah. same by saying, looking to him and saying, Hey, I am on this journey trying to follow Jesus. How can I do it better? Yeah. And he's going to point you in the right direction to Jesus. Yeah. And that's, I think our only goal as Christians yeah. is just, Hey, um, Jesus is the answer. Right. Jesus has got, got it yeah. all. Like, I'll give you my opinion. But. Yeah. I, right. I can't fix you. I can't, I can't give you the right toolkit. I can tell you my experience, but in the end, it all comes back to Jesus. Yeah. Right. I think we have to give people grace. And like, that's one thing I do think here at Restoration, we do do that. Um, I see people like come along the side and help. You know, like, hey, I see that you're struggling. Let me help you walk through this or let me pray with you or let me help you find scripture or whatever. Um, Read this book or something, you know, always to help encourage someone to get better at. And I think we just, again, keep pointing to Jesus and instead of like, hey, pointing finger at them and saying, you're a loser, you know? Wow. (laughs) Tammy, you do that? Right. Yeah. If, If anyone's faith is hinged on me, like- yeah. yeah, you let me know because I want to fix that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you down real quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, just having that. Yeah. All right. So any um any books, anything you guys would recommend that people read through it? I have one, but I don't know. Say it. No, go for it. All right. Cool. Um, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Um, I think if you struggle through this denomination is wrong. This this idea of all this yeah. other stuff. Read Mere Christianity. Um, he has some good some good. Uh, teachings in there. Yeah. You'd be surprised. You read it now and you think he wrote the book for today. Yeah. And he wrote it whatever wow. during one of the world wars. Like it's it's yeah. an insanely old book that you're like, oh, man, he's mm. really got it. So I just yeah. think that book's really good for like a foundational faith. Um it's a really good one. So I don't have any books that I, I can't think of that any. one that one would be the Perfect. the ticket item. And I and I would recommend Right, we talked about uh, the whole orthoproxy, ortho, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Orthodoxy is important. Yeah, um, finding those things that help you understand, um, that help you understand those things, so you can answer the right yeah. questions. Um, that you're not asking the wrong questions, that you're not praying the wrong things. Yeah. Like it's important to know your faith. Yeah, and I, I will stand to it. You need a study Bible. Yeah, or um, a well a well-educated theologian to yeah. help you understand. Yeah. Um, I would also say like, if you're not in a circle, yeah, you, you need, need to get in a circle. Like 
100%. You cannot, Sunday morning is great, but you're not going to build that community yeah. of people who are going to help encourage you and walk through those those conversations and those questions yep. that you need. And if you look at the circle list in restoration and you say, well, none of them have my availability or there's none there, maybe God's telling you to start one. Yeah. And so start a circle, look around your church community and say, who else could I invite with me? Um, and just try and start that for yourself. Yeah. That's how my yeah. circle started. It's how your circle started. You exactly. start filling it up. Yep. Um, it's just important. And so if you're finding that, well, there's no circles available, stop, you know, maybe this sounds mean or that should stop being a consumer, start, start contributing mm-hmm. Yeah. and, and work through cause, cause your attention is someone else's too. Yeah. You could both be the solution together. Yep. So that's it. Thanks well, for the conversation guys. Yeah. Thanks for Have having us. Day.